podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the world's greatest TNG podcast for right now, and then it'll be a Deep Space Nine podcast. Anyway, I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm annoyed. Thank you, guy. It's an appropriate one for this episode. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. No. I'm thinking of a different episode. I mean, it could, well, depending on, it could be appropriate one for this episode of the podcast. We could be very annoying today. Well, Who knows? I mean, TBD. Reason, there's at least a 63% chance at any point that we're going to be annoyed about something. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying annoying to the audience. Oh, to the audience. There's well, got to be a 78. Chance. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was going to go 78, that's 80. Yeah. That's fair. That's, that's more fair. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell everybody about today's uh, show and whether or not they should watch it. Matt. Would you have them watch this episode? Oh, yeah. I love this one. It's a a hoot. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I mean, I just was thanking the trumpeters. (laughs) I see. Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, I was trying to think of what the Kazon. It's a hoot. I wouldn't have described this episode that way. I I like, you know, it's it's fucking Dana's Frankenstein. That's a hoot. Frankenstein, I guess it is. Is that their intention? Yeah, is that I what believe they've said? so. Yeah. But you know, anyway, I will say right off the bat, well, if hang that's on. Their before you say anything, point. we're seven seasons in here, Andy. You can tell them. Andy, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> wow! 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 Didn't expect that. I expected a more I don't know. Coming off of lower decks, I'm not. You know, it's. Uh, it's tough to, you know, come down from that high. Well, I mean, at least... It's been Riker's a real roller coaster. <laughs> Sub Rosa to Lower Decks to this one. At least Riker's <laughs> acting the same in this one as he was in Lower Decks. That is fair. Uh, all right. Well, that, that, that all said, we should head to the Admirals Club and see what's doing in okay. there. Go to leave a five-star review and join me. Matt. Yeah. How do they get into the Admirals Club? Well, Andy, all they have to do is uh, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and you're in. Maybe Andy will select one of your reviews to read. Doesn't matter what the review says. Could be negative as long as it's five stars. Um, I was going to... I. I I uh, I can't tell. Sometimes I think, oh, it's better if I bring up points of business on air because we'll figure it out faster. And sometimes I figure I feel like maybe we should, but I'm going to bring it up. We'll see what happens. I was going to uh, propose to you. Oh maybe yes, we... I will marry you, Dory. <laughs> we're done. Andy would... finally asked. <laughs> Not be a marriage that would last long. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Or would it? Would we just be one of those couples that's constantly bickering at we Disneyland? Just, we work because we don't, you know? <laughs> get close. We get close to the fire, but we don't step into the fire. Um, uh, I was going to say, should we, after all of our time, open it up to, if you give us the top rating, 
on any uh, platform, and uh, if it's something other than sure, but like I'm so out of touch, my follow-up would be what platform? Whatever. I, I almost wonder if we should open it up to just in general plugging the show, sort of saying. I mean, I guess if it was just a general thing where you're writing something nice uh, somewhere else, then it would have to be something nice. But if it's just a rating, then we're okay with you slamming us and giving us a top rating. Rate us on Spotify. I don't even know if we're on it. We must be. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to? We'll, we'll experiment with that. And, okay. Um, Experiments are in. happening, guys. As we as we head to the stationary we're reinventing. As we head to the, the stationary station of D Space yeah. Nine, we are we're we're changing. You know, it's just a lot of things happening. We're gonna yeah. meet. We're gonna meet the changelings and also do some changing ourselves. <laughs> we're gonna be changelinging. Uh, uh, anyway, that, that said, who are we recognizing in today's Admiral Club? Steve OK Cape Cod. Nice. Hmm. Nice. Steve OK and then Cape Cod? Or yeah. OK, Cape Cod. <laughs> I think that's like, I, I've said that probably. That's that exact sentence in that inflection. Many <laughs> okay, times let's life. go to Cape Cod. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, Cape Cod. <laughs> yeah. And what is the food you're imagining there? Is it uh, clam oh. ch- some chowder? <laughs> Yeah, chowder, fried uh, fried clams, um, uh-huh. lobster rolls, the like. You know, just all that nice. all that seafood. Get me an admiral's platter, Andy. Nothing's off limits as long as oh, it's man. deep fried and brown. Is it really called an admiral's platter? Oh yeah, the admiral's platter has everything. It is so perfect. We're in the admirals <laughs> club. Look at all the admirals. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Steve OK Cape Cod says. Just want to be an admiral. I've been a Star Trek fan all my life. I love this show. If you want a 2022 take on a 90s cheesy sci-fi show, this is the pod for you. Hello from Cape Cod. Hello back. I hope you're doing well. I wonder where in the Cape you are. You can't talk to us via the Apple reviews, but uh, thank you for your review. We used to summer in Sandwich. That's Sandwich, eh? It's a real town in Cape Cod. Do they have good sandwiches? Uh, ironically, <laughs> not too many. <laughs> oh, that's that's a really a missed opportunity yeah. place. <laughs> but that's that's the that's the best place, Andy, because all the cop cars say "sandwich police." <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I only picked one. I feel like I, that's like a Berbiglia bit. I feel like it is. Is he sandwich from Sandwich or I near think he's, Sandwich? I think he's a he's a masshole, right? I believe he he's is. definitely a masshole. Yeah, for sure. No, he's from Shrewsbury. Yeah, which is in Massachusetts. I know. I'm saying he's not from Sandwich, though. Oh no, no, no! But I, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like Sandwich Police. For some reason, Berbiglia sticks in my head with that. Do you want me to text him and find out if he has a bit about it? <laughs> It's one like, of the few people I can text. Like, do you have a bit about the sandwich police in Sandwich, Massachusetts? <laughs> <laughs> and then what if, he, what if he says no, and then he writes the greatest sandwich bit of all time? He'd be capable of it, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I'm happy to get him on if you want a sandwich <laughs> segment. <laughs> um, anywho, I only picked, this is going to be hilarious, I only picked one um, Admiral Admitty, because I was trying to respond to uh, 
YouTube commentary that maybe uh, the, uh, the top of the show would become swollen after all of your years of suggesting the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we have uh, defeated that by already uh, going on nine digressions in the Admiral's Club. I think they don't so mind as it. long as the digressions are enjoyable, which these might not have been. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, no. I walked back in the wrong <laughs> door. Went back in. Walked <laughs> <laughs> or did someone else just come in? All right, Andy, let's go to the president's circle. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. Welcome to the president's circle where everybody's a winner. That's what I like to say. <laughs> Nice. Uh, you have uh, here's the fun of the president's circle. Not only do you get us talking about Discovery and Voyager, and you know this month we're going to start doing Picard, uh, Enterprise, Enterprise is in there as well. Uh, really, just I would say more hours of us than anyone needs. But when we turn up the gas in the Patreon, we wind up having to turn up the gas in the regular show as well. <laughs> so that's why you're getting us. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> but more, just to be clear. More weeks to come. You're Just so you're uh, you're not underselling it, because what we've committed to is insanity based on our level of uh, a prolificness. Yes. We're doing weekly Picards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every week that there's a Picard, we're going to, as quickly as possible, put up a uh, at the lieutenant's level for yeah. the same five bucks. Yeah. Um, Head in there, guys. So. Join. Become a winner yourself and uh also get access to priority one messages and andy will award the christopher pike medal of valor to any particularly enjoyable messages do we have any this week andy who's getting we it? do uh this one's from our old friend lieutenant eric peebles who uh, uh comments on uh on um uh, lower decks uh, is Worf the best boss on the ship? He clearly cares about his people. He's honest with them and encourages them to strive for more. If Lavelle was buttering, uh, buttering up to him, he would have told him to allow his work to speak for him and maybe roughed him up a little in karate class, but only to teach a lesson. <laughs> and I think that's fair. I would say that Worf is seen as the best boss of... Uh, by far in that episode. I think department head-wise... Jordy does make strides, you know, when he's like, Stri oh, yes, well, you can, you, you, it's a pretty good idea. And then like, he shows up late at night and is like, Hey, you want to try that thing with the warp field? Let's do it. I would say That's this. I don't good. know if this is, this is a fair way to break it down. I would say Riker is the best Looking. commander okay. of people. I would say Jordy is maybe the best department head. And I would say Worf is the best boss for human beings in terms of handling people. Ironically. But ironically to a Bajoran. Yeah. <laughs> the two most aggro species on the ship, and they're the best with handling people. Uh, I mean, you put, I think you're painting the Bajorans in a, in a aggro light just so. based on Ensign Rowe. No, no, it's all on Ensign Rowe. <laughs> what do I know? But yes, that's a well-deserved Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Anyone else, Andy? Yes, so we're in the priority one messages proper. Oh, well, here we go. Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. It's probably someone telling Worf what a good boss he is. 
<laughs> Hampus Theander. Captain, you want to gather the senior officers? There's a message coming in. Let's all listen. <laughs> <laughs> Worf organize it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, say uh, Hampus Theander. Uh, there's no pun there, right? That's that person's name. I, I think we've so. already had this yeah. discussion a billion times. According to Memory Beta, Torek and Vorek are twin brothers. I love that. Vorek from... Is that true? Voyager? Uh, no, it's from Memory Beta. It's not canon, so it depends how you define true. But I know this much is true. Uh, uh, uh. Spandau Ballet. Thank you. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. When will they get their their moment on this week in Tracker? If we already passed it, that would have been the eighties. Definitely passed it. Um, Louise Laughlin says two things: one, in forty five minutes, uh, with characters I've either never or barely seen before, this episode made me more emotional than all the disco goodbye slash death scenes put together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really fair, Louise. Uh, and second, uh, my husband, who hates Star Trek and has never even watched one episode, walks walked in whilst I was watching this and said, did he just say Kardashian? <laughs> yes. Um, Dan Man Mountain says, one of Andy's criticisms of the animated series Lower Decks was that they showed the bridge crew too much or even at all. Now that he's seen part of the inspiration for that series, I wonder if he's changed his mind on that since the TNG episode did have quite a bit of the bridge crew still. Thanks. And uh, I am going to answer that question. However, <laughs> it's in the Patreon, so buy it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm guys. I'm no, I actually, to uh, to even go in the opposite direction of that, uh, I had uh, gotten some uh, commentary, which uh, uh, is is basically, you know, that over time, and I think I've I've gotten a sense of this before over time that possibly the priority messages to Hales, regular Hales, split has made, you know, uh, certain of our listeners feel a little left out. And, um, and uh, you know, like the paywall was uh, working against them. And uh, I have requested more... It was, more... by design. Well, I understand that, but <laughs> I think Don't you understand we... what priority one means? It has to come right into the captain immediately. While I agree with you that we're trying to give a perk to the uh, the upper decks, we're not trying to make the lower decks feel disenfranchised. You would agree with that. Well, right? not, none of us are wharf here. We can't all make the lower decks feel good. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm the wharf in this scenario, and, and Matt is more the Riker, as you might expect. Uh, whatever the case, I've uh, I'm really trying to make an effort to balance out the amount of hails uh, in both sections. Um, in all and honesty, this hail, I always thought, yeah. I always just thought that we didn't get that many regular hails. Well, I think that some people have argued that maybe we're not getting as many regular hails because. They they feel like I've paid more attention. Well, I will say this: that's chicken and the egg. Who knows? Well, I know one thing for sure. I have I do go through the priority hails as is in the title um, first, and so then when I get to the regular hails, I'm like, oh well, we've already covered this, so that will sometimes happen. Oh, I but see, I see. but I definitely don't. You know, I haven't been uh, consciously uh, you know boxing out any regular hails. Whatever the case, this hail. Uh, I know you have an equal amount of hails today. I don't know if I'll be able to stick with it. But this hail relates to the previous hail that came from the upper decks. Uh, oh, and this one is appropriate. my goodness, Andy. Yeah. I don't even know what the protocol is here. Well, with the, we're in regular hails now, so you can, oh, you can we are? step Great. out into the corridor. Yeah. 
That's that's exciting. I wish I had known that before. I, uh, it's 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 much colder in the president's circle. Let's go in the. Uh... Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. Is it colder because they keep the AC? Cranked? Yeah, yeah, we keep it cranked in there. Because that's circle. how Matt likes yeah, it. I'm just like <laughs> sometimes I just need the relief of the uh, sweet sweet AC. <laughs> um, so this is titled appropriately Lower Decks, and it's from Henry Bolton. Who says, Hi, Andy and Matt. While I agree with your assessment that this is one of the finest episodes of TNG, I wonder if the writing staff could have taken the concept a little bit further. There are only a few scenes that don't include Saito. It was Saito, right? Saito. Saito. No, S I T O. Oh, was it Saito? Why did I say Saito? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's definitely S I T O. Oh, Saito. I know why I'm saying Saito. That's the the villain in Karate Kid 3. Gonna get three. Sato. That's how Miyagi is, says it. I think you mean two. That's so what three I Three is That's Hillary Swank. No, no, yeah. four is Hillary Swank. Three. No, well, four it's three. Is Hillary Swank? It's three. I remember this because I went to a, a, the drive and it was a double bill of Ghostbusters 2 and Karate Kid 3. Wait a minute. Are you saying that uh, Daniel was in three? Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen three. Maybe now. <laughs> like, there's finally more Karate Kid <laughs> for you to consume. <laughs> This can't. Is this really true? Oh, wow. What happens in three? Uh, isn't three the one where they go to... Uh, <laughs> well, maybe Credit Kid 3 received generally negative reviews. Criticizing it was rehashing of elements found in the two predecessors. Yeah, that's what happens in every fucking sequel. Um... Uh. Mm. Seems like John Kreese. I'm is sorry. The, uh, so hang on. Let me just, my brain yeah. is all a little kerbubbled here. Okay. Sato is the villain in Karate Kid 2. That's it sounded familiar. And I did see Karate Kid 3 with Ghostbusters 2. I was just <laughs> I was just it's like a math problem. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> anyway. Uh Henry says People ask all the time if I do I enjoy the whatever the hell it's called, the Cobra Kai on the Netflix? I haven't watched it, so I don't know. Uh, well, I, uh, it's actually I watched the first season. It's entertaining. Uh, I have a friend that our friend uh, Stacy Herman White writes on it or wrote on it. Uh, what are they at? Four seasons now of that? I don't even know. Whatever. Point is, Karate Kid two. two is great. Just watch it. You know, it's a hurricane. Things happen. Two or three. Two. I'm talking about Sato. <laughs> How is Miyago? Mi- Miyagi's. Uh... It's Saito. <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about Sato though. Miyagi's. <laughs> Miyagi's. Ne- Miyagi's nemesis. Um, is Sato the nemesis or the kid? The, the no, young Sato's guy. Sato's that... the old nemesis. He's the old nemesis. Yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> are we? Are we doing? I'm keeping it tight, guys. Like this is what it's. This is what the deal is. I can I can pick less hails. The ever side of that, it's beyond both of our control. Um, anyway, Henry says, while I agree with your assessment, this is one of the finest episodes of TNG. I wonder if the writing staff could have taken the concept a little bit further. There are only a few scenes that don't include Saito, Torek, and Lavelle. What if the entire episode had been told from the perspective of the lower decks? Couldn't we have done without the poker scene with the bridge crew? And couldn't we have Picard's announcement to the ship concerning Saito's death over the ship's comms from the lower decks? I think with a couple of minor tweaks, this episode could have embraced the lower decks idea 
just a little more. Best, Henry from New Zealand, and please feel free to have a go at my accent. Sorry about that. It's too late, Henry. Too late. <laughs> Thank God. Um, you can just—you'll have to imagine how terrible it would be. <laughs> I would have no handle on it. I just would have tried to do a uh, a, um, a flight of the Concords impression, and it would have been pretty have been good. Close. I was in an episode of Flight of the Concords, as many as have have observed for. I think one line, maybe two lines. Um, if, you, if you had two lines, that means you had one more line than Patrick Stewart did in this episode of Star Trek. Oh, did he have no He's only in this episode for one line. Oh, wow. Only one. He didn't get his under five. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sweet thing, is if, oh, if you're a regular, you get your full quote, no matter what. Um... All right, what am I doing? So here's my point. Um, I thought this was interesting to read these both of these hails because I feel like uh, Henry Bolton kind of addressed Dan Man Mountain's question. I think that uh, originally uh, that was my take on the Lower Decks animated show was just like, they say it's Lower Decks, but then it's not Lower Decks. And then Dan makes a valid point, which is, well, the original episode of Lower Decks was a split. And when I see the episode of Lower Decks, I was like, this is fantastic. It's hard for me to fault. Look, I gave it a 10. However, when I hear Henry's point, it makes me go back to my original point, which is I think this would have been an even more inventive and awesome episode. It would have been somehow above a 10 if we had just been with the Lower Decks crew the entire time. And I think it would have made that final... A speech by Picard even more moving so in some ways I think they both make valid points but I would land on Henry so Bolton. you're just saying out of nowhere Jordy comes into that poker game you mean um, not Jordy no, I mean Jordy comes into the poker game to get Torek to run the oh, oh right and yes and or it's I mean, just it's interesting it's interesting and or it's just Jordy requesting Torek and then Torek radioing it in later that like Wait, you're, actually you're, is, your, is your way they have no scenes with the main crew yeah I don't like that but well that you have to have the interactions you need that you need that Patrick uh, no no I, th- I think I think you can have the interactions with the with the upper crew but only as it plays out with you're basically just never away from the lower decks crew so if they're interacting it's just to see them interacting I mean, the poker scene is the only scene that doesn't have them in it. Uh, well, you see Picard give the speech. Uh, Wait, isn't there a yeah. B plot that doesn't have to do with them? No, the B no, plot. No B the plot. B plot is like Nurse Ogawa and her boyfriend who becomes her fiance. Right. That's to me. That's, that's the B still plot. With Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> Which you wish was the A plot. Let's yeah. let's not don't always. Let's not mince words. Uh, how do you feel about it, Matt? Any opinion? Uh, I think it. I think it would have been too much of a departure for Berman, or you know, like well, that's to get true. Their heads around, and I think that I that's think, and that's the reason they do it is like we can't leave our main people for that long. However, from a from an innovation and functionality sure. of the episode standpoint, do you think it it would have been better? I'm gonna quote Paul McCartney here. Okay. <laughs> to do with the accent <laughs> now people always you know people always say people always you say. could have had why not just do one really 
have a single disc and do one really good version of the White Album. And uh, Paul McCartney goes, it's the bloody Beatles White Album. Who cares? It's old. (laughs) (laughs) You're just saying that about the episode in general. Meaning, like, we gave it a 10. Like... Right. I mean, I'm not going to like second guess it at this point, which I, you know, I'm ha- like, that's what we do here. We second guess everything. And it I, is a fascinating thing it. to have to have given it a 10 and then go, oh, yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> but I kind of do think it would have been a little bit better. <laughs> um, Good hit. Which, you know, kind of maybe illustrates the uh, purposelessness of ranking anything. <laughs> but <laughs> what are you going to do? That's our bag. Um, now we have a voice hail. Uh, and here it is. Hi, Andy. Nice. That was it. <laughs> I think I, Hi. Hi, I, friend. I would give that uh, voice hail a 10. <laughs> um, Christopher J. Uh, tweeted at us, actually. Uh, it's, it's a friend of ours from the Saturday Morning Podcast. I believe... I found an old, old hell of his because I was trying to figure out who it was. Um, he started our his podcast. I don't know if he's just if he's just giving us a story, but it sounded like he started our podcast out of an inspiration of listening to our show. And he class he clarified that it wasn't just because he heard us and he was like, "Oh, I can do it." If these guys can do it. He was inspired and and uh, so he started his own podcast. So it's uh, at Saturday Sat Morn Pod. Uh, so uh, check it out. Uh, anyway, comes uh, out every Saturday, and it's an hour on the character Morn from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, the the character at the Morn bar, the, pod. <laughs> the character at the bar that never talks. It's a very limited, uh, you know, but uh, he really digs in. Um, anyway, uh, Set Morn Pod uh, tweeted us on the next Star Trek TNC. I would like to kind of ask Matt if. Uh, he cast actor David Gartreau on his episode of the Goldbergs because of his Trek connection. Uh, excellent question. No, but that didn't stop me from talking to him about Star Trek Phase Two slash the motion picture. Um, yeah, the motion picture. So that was what he, he was, was in. in. He was in the motion picture, but he was also he was cast as the Vulcan. He was essentially the Leonard Nimoy replacement for Star Trek Phase 2, the show that was going to... They were going to do another Star Trek series with the original crew, uh-huh. but Leonard Nimoy he didn't want to come back, so uh, they were like trying to cast it. They were like, Look, i got to find a Vulcan. Is he the guy that Kirk is talking to at the beginning of the motion picture? No. There was a Vulcan that's sort of a minor character in the motion picture. Uh... And I think it might be one of the guys that well, that, uh, that gets uh, that that uh, uh, shuffles off the mortal coil in uh, in the transporter at the beginning. But I could be wrong. All right. What was his name? Zorin. Don't correct me. Whatever you do, that character's name. Yeah. Or Gatro's name. His name in Phase Two. Zahn, right? I've been reading up a little bit on Star Trek Two, reading the the making of Star Trek Two, and um, a lot of interesting twists and turns in the development of that thing. Um, 
anyway. Uh, this is from uh, Josh Moore, who I believe is our old friend Cosmo Moore. Uh, handicap disability convo. Um, hi, Andy and Matt. Uh, listening to the new disco episode. Oh, this is a Patreon question. Wow. You slipped it in. How dare you? Here I was trying. It's okay. How I still dare think. dare you? I'm going to read this because it's about disability and it's and it's pertinent. But uh, um, I uh, I think that I still have more regular hails than Patreon hails. I think. Um, anyway, uh, this was a regular. He was sent it to the regular email. Sneaky. Um, listening to the new disco episode in the Patreon, and I wanted to chime in on the conversation about characters with disabilities, challenges, etc. I am actually legally blind with partial vision. First, I've never personally had issues with certain words such as handicap or disability. Not to say certain terms shouldn't be evaluated. Um, The challenges I face due to my vision tended to be heavier than those labels. Different folks might have different experiences in which those labels do cause discomfort. So it's best to be mindful as you often are, Andy. Thank you, Cosmo. As far as a character standpoint, I think Matt nailed it. Character motivations have to be deeper than I have a disability, therefore bad. Look at Jordy if you list out characteristics. Blind is least important. He's a competent officer uh, who is respected by his peers. In situations where his vision comes up as an issue, like when he's trapped on the storm planet with the Romulan, he addresses his issues as a matter of fact and doesn't dwell on the negatives. His strength of character go beyond certain limitations. Granted, they could have given the blind guy a better love life. Just saying. <laughs> the last thing I want to add is, uh, since it is in line with this email, uh, last thing I want to add, since it is in line with this email, TNG and Picard do not have audio description available. Audio that describes scenes, nonverbal actions, mm-hmm. etc. So I get a lot of joy when something visual is pointed out and discussed or argued about. Um, well, don't worry about the arguing. That'll happen. Uh, luckily, TNG is dialogue heavy, so I don't miss much. However, I always love Matt describing blocking, Frakes almost running into a wall and breaking, or Matt really getting mad at the design choice of one of the Enterprises in an early <laughs> episode of Picard. You guys are awesome. Take care. Josh. Um, hey, Josh. Thanks. So it was a general... It was a general disabilities question, but I apologize for doing exactly the reverse of what I was intending to do, which was... I think uh, the irony uh, here is no one would have noticed or pointed anything out if you hadn't said anything. Possibly. <laughs> like, given what I just said, the word patriot would have gotten people's hackles up. Uh, this is from Kurt Onstad, for, uh, titled Lower Decks. Glad to hear you both enjoyed the episode as much as I did. However, it did leave me with one question. Why are ensigns... This was a question that that, worried, that, that occurred to me, too. Why are ensigns forced to room together? I can see it when you're still a cadet, but by the time you're an officer on a ship that has a crew complement of 1,000 but has space <laughs> to evacuate 15,000, why is anyone forced to share space with someone if they don't want to? Also, small piece of trivia I got from the audio commentary on the episode, Yay Blu-rays, Alexander Enberg, who played Torek, is Jerry Taylor's son, according to Rene Echeverria. Um, Jerry didn't have much in, uh, have any influence on him being cast and didn't even inform anyone involved that they were related, but you might know better than I uh, how I would, how true that sort of claim would be in, a, in, in real life in the industry. Seems unlikely, I would say. But nonetheless, he did a fantastic job. So. I. It's interesting because, like, I didn't see that anywhere. 
like that they're relate like any of the reading I did about the episode. So I'm inclined to maybe believe that. Well, I don't think it's oh that they didn't uh, yeah, that she didn't say anything. Well, that wouldn't have had a bearing on whether they would have said, "Oh, it's Jerry Taylor's son." Later, just in the cast. No, I know, but like I feel like quotes from her would have. So I would have seen something about it be, there being related. Oh, maybe she was continuing to try and let I him like make it. his own way, like Nick Nick Cage and Francis Coppola. Uh, and I have, just to make sure I corrected it, it's Kurt Onstead, and uh, Kurt Onstead does his own pod called I, Welcome to Geek Town. I really thought you were going to say, um, just so I'm correct, it's Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> forward. Forward. Uh, ten forward. Um... Lastly, mm-hmm. uh, from Thomas Zara, uh, this is titled uh, Andy and Matt's Fat Pal. Uh, hi, Andy and Matt. Just listen to Lower Decks. Thinking of changing my name to Lieutenant Tom Matt and Andy's Fat Pal Zero. <laughs> if you uh, ever tour a live show to Minneapolis, I'd be happy to treat you to a Juicy Lucy hamburger from Matt's Bar. Sounds delightful. Thanks and take care. Uh, FYI, uh, we said but um i put a a uh, poll in the face group uh because matt and i have started to kick around touring um so if anybody has any uh any strong opinions of like i would travel here or like to see a, a live show if we do one um step into the face group and find that poll and vote or add your own location um although you're probably going to get more votes if you pick a an area that you think more people will show up to. Point is, Andy, how long have you been performing live in front of audiences? 20 years? Uh, for me, it's probably been... Well, I started stand up in... Seven, eight, 14? So, like, you know, 35, 40 years of experience between us doing live shows, we, we're still not really sure how to start. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Please give us information. <laughs> Just wanted to make that one clear. of us. Go, oh, that this is how we do it. Yeah, but no, we were always like, oh, we're doing a live show. Come to do this show with us. Okay, I'm there. That was how, usually how we did it. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Is that it for the hails, Andy? That's it for the hails. All right. Oh wait, uh, if you'd like to send a hail. Oh, sorry. no. I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't speak about the hell back anymore. I can't, I can't even give them the information. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> like I said, to hell for free. Send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere uh, for my own brain. Um, if you'd like to tweet, tweet at Matt Myra or Instagram him there. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or tweet me at Secunda. Uh, if you'd like, send us a voicemail, 816-TREK-TNC. And our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC, uh, and that's our Instagram, too, which I never mentioned. Uh, that's it. So you've already closed it. Those Halo frequencies are closed. It's time to talk about this week's episode. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. So plug TNC in your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode. Yes, it is time to talk about this week's episode, and that, of course, would be uh, Thine Own Self. My brain was like, what episode is this? <laughs> Thine Own Self is the answer cover? to that. And uh, 
This episode aired in 1994 on February the Valentine's Day 14th. Um, and uh, Matt, we've had a request to play the number one song in the UK, which has been playing for a couple of weeks. Things Can Only Get Better by D-Ream. Okay. And then I have a, a, a hail. I know you always hate it when I take hails. But uh, that uh, is in reference to it from Joe List. Who says, I'm a longtime listener from north of England. From north of England. I don't know what the north of England sounds like. Is that Liverpool? I'm going to do Manchester. it in Liverpool. Manchester? What does that sound like? Is that close to Liverpool? <laughs> no. Is Manchester uh, close to Liverpool? Yeah, they're in the north. A little bit. Wanted to point out space space fact about the band D-Ream. After hearing that they were top of the UK charts in the last two free TNC so podcasts. you're just doing your Paul McCartney. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Is there any other Liverpool accent? They all sound roughly the same. I can do George Harrison if you prefer. The keyboard player in the group was physicist and broadcaster Brian Cox. Not the Scottish actor. Um, I don't know how well he is known in the USA, but in the UK, he's hosted a huge quantity of science-based BBC programming, lots of which are about space, which is where Star Trek is set. Thank you for the tip. The song is also used extensively by the Labour Party around the time they won a landslide electoral victory in 1997. Thanks for all the pods. Joe List. Very upbeat. I can see a... It's really something. Some political party in the 90s using this it's sort of antithetical to our life view anyway number one song in the UK is this one number one song in the US The Power of Love by Celine Dion that's not a cover right that's just no, her own a, version it's a different song it would Same be title. amazing to hear Celine Dion <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to cover this now. She'd crush it. Number one movie, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Number one book, Disclosure by Michael Crichton. Number one TV show this week, the Winter Olympics. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I like the original Power of Love better, Celine. Um, it might be just because she's so French looking, but she always looks like a mime to me. <laughs> Sounds like that's anti-Franco She always looks like she's trapped in an invisible oh, box This is the power of love? Yeah oh, For sure not this one, obviously um, Number one TV show that week You would think you would, she would have picked a different title uh, Or maybe she's like, I don't care I'll destroy those those news um, no one TV news. show that week. She has it out for the news, not <laughs> Huey Lewis. <laughs> Just the news. <laughs> Huey, I'm fine with. Uh, no one TV show that week. The Winter Olympics figure skating events. Uh, I wonder if that was the. I don't even know. Uh, events. The owner of Star Trek Paramount Communications is purchased by Viacom. Winning over a bid by QVC. Crazy. What a little detail. <laughs> Might have been QVC that was making all the discovery what a, choices. What a world that we would have lived in. Remember this? Oh, well, you probably don't because you weren't as Star Trek as I was back then, but they used to have these fucking QVC hours selling Star Trek shit. 
Oh, and like, that's the tie And, like, in. William Shatner would be there, or, like, Frank's, like, as the, like, selling the shit. It was fascinating. And I used to, you know, obviously, if I knew it was happening, I'd be watching. I was going to say Frakes must have crushed it, but I assume they both would have crushed it. They're both just, probably the I most... Just, I wonder if that's even... If you can find clips of that. You must. Actually, Shatner must have been insane. Because <laughs> he would just would have been doing anything he oh wanted to do. Oh, my God. Oh, this is great. Hang on. Let me share the screen with you, Andy. Shat, uh, Frakes would have been charming as, as heck. Uh, here. This is exciting. Shut off here. This is Forrest Kelly Star Trek Collector Special. I assume he's going to be grumbly. No, he's great. Of bringing you the Star Trek specials, this is our tenth, I believe, Star Trek special. And in honor of that, we have a brand new product for you right here. That is, I'm going to take this down and show it to you because this is a. Can you boost the volume a little? I can. uh, I think yeah. QVC. It is a Star Trek crew-style jacket. Uh, These are debuting nationwide right here on this Star Trek special. Hundred smackers. The only jacket that has that beautiful bright yellow gold Star Trek across the back, and on the front it has the Starfleet emblem. Beautiful satin. In fact, it's an outer shell and inner lining of 100%. <laughs> only in a, only in a large and an ex, extra large. They knew their audience. <laughs> uh, Candy, are you wearing I think that's some oversight. A lot of western. Yeah. But you also did some some science fiction in in some things too. So you you had a little precursor of Star Trek. Yes, yes, I did. They were they they look quite ancient today on the screen. <laughs> I didn't. I was never a science fiction fan, and I, I it was a in a buck, you know, I was yeah. trying to pay the rent then, and uh, I was not really even aware that I'd, I had done those kind of science fiction things until years later, and I saw them on the screen. Come back again. But, uh, I did, I did. Uh... Look here's up QVC Shatner. I want to see him yeah, Oh, a lot, because we do a gallery shoot at the beginning of every year. Mm-hmm. And so um, you have new sets of photos every year. And that's not including the photos that they take of all the episodes. Right. So, um, this is 92. She's still this on the show. Is, when, when you said, oh, we want you to sign some pictures, right. I never chose the picture. And by accident or by whatever. Providence. Providence. <laughs> You picked my favorite picture, so I'm really happy about that. Well, this is item C10660. <laughs> it has a 9975 QVC I would have, price. I would have loved it, and it would have two, been a certain kind of thing. And she said, so by accident, you picked you. my Shipping least favorite picture of myself. Oh, for sure. The third That's season. a third season photograph. Um, <laughs> there's a certificate of authenticity here, too. Right. You don't need that, because that is, that is my signature. <laughs> I vouch for that. I sat there for a few hours one day and signed 500 of these, at least. Right. So, we, so uh, we have a total of a 2,500 of them. So I'm going to be signing some more. That's right. 100 smackers again. Uh, we have tw- I mean, this is just very funny. I swear to God I remember Shatner doing it. Oh, here's Frakesy. In the same shirt to the audition, convinced that it was good luck, like mm-hmm. a ball player with the same right. socks until his hitting streak ends. And by the third or fourth audition, this shirt knew when I had a call, and it would walk out of the closet and <laughs> place itself on my back. Oh man! But it—it it was a—it oh, was. I've often said it was much harder to get the job than it has been to do it. 
Anyway, if you're interested, anyone out there, there's a lot of I, that was a, that is a thing I remember clearly from my youth. But bringing up the fact that QVC almost bought Paramount. Here you go. I found the. That's probably why I found the QVC Shatner. Oh, here. I'll just type it in. There you go. Go to the middle. See, see him freaking out. This Wednesday. The TV guide dug into so greatly uh, in that article for a while. To the. I'm I'm very proud of that show. I can sit and look at that show, and uh, laugh and cry with with the audience because it's a it's a, a show I'm proud of. Star Trek is something I'm very happy to be connected with. Yeah, and I, for anybody who wants to pick a hero from the series, it would it would end up being the captain, or in this case, the captains. And uh, you have the best of both worlds here in terms of William Shatner as James no, there's Kirk, no Borg in and that. Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> both men probably dealing with having to uh, remain that character for an awful long time. Well, it's, it's no burden, uh, I don't think, for either one of us. Uh, uh, Patrick will go on to uh, do uh, the stage and, and the movies and uh, cover himself with makeup and glory <laughs> <laughs> he will now here are two things that are connected to the uncut sheets and by the way those uncut sheets are still available although there are only 2950 of, of them trading the uncut cards? sheets are still available to you um, hmm. at the price of 148.50 i believe that is here are two cards that came from yeah, you that to him. Here's he's the being a real showman take a look and i want to mention these again these are exclusive to qvc can we see that again just for a moment yeah, I wonder if it's because he respects the hustle, the hustle more than he respects any individual like creative enterprise. <laughs> Fascinating rabbit hole we've taken yet again, and I apologize. <laughs> well, you wanted the top of the show tighter. There you go. <laughs> One more segment, Matt. Yes. Want to check in with on our old, friend with our old pal Jerry Seinfeld? Wrong. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Wait a second. Frank Sinatra, come on. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. Andy, what do you think was happening with the chairman of the board, Valentine's Day, 1994? I don't have to think, because our old friend Ken Malay sent it to us. Uh, February 14th, 1994, Frank had been booked to appear this week in Manila. But the shows were canceled and rescheduled for June. The Philippines is known for its love of karaoke, with drunk singing in bars and being a very common and popular social entertainment. Frank's signature song, My Way, has now been removed from many karaoke machines. And if it is allowed and selected by a singer, both patrons and bar owners get tense. At least half a dozen people have been killed over their rendition of the tune. While many others have been involved in violent fights. In 2007, a security guard complained that a patron was singing the song off key and should stop. The 29 year old singer ignored him, at which point the guard pulled out a 38 caliber pistol and shot the man dead. Anyway, Frank survived his postponed concerts in Manila. Uh, survived his postponed concerts in Manila later in the year. So he sang my way to the liking of the people of Manila. Way to go, Frank. That is a crazy detail. I wonder, could that be true? That's insane. Yes, it could be. And yes, it's insane. 
People are intense in the Philippines about Frank. They probably love this second. Karaoke. You know. All right. All right, let's get into it, Andy. We're going to talk about the episode Thine Own Self, uh, which was directed by Weinrich Colby once again. We had him directing last Voyager episode we talked about. And uh, teleplay by Ronald D. Moore. Story by Christopher Mutton. Mutton. <laughs> and I believe that uh, Memory Alpha summarized the episode best in one sentence when they said Data suffers amnesia in a primitive society while Troy applies for a promotion. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Trek is uh, losing his footing. Well, his, you know, uh, I'm just trying to keep it tight. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> uh, let's dive in, shall we? Sure. Bridge Officer's Log, Stardate 47611.2. Dr. Beverly Crusher reporting. We have rendezvoused with Counselor Troy's shuttlecraft. She has just returned from a three-day class reunion on Starbase 231. Send a message to Commander Data and inform him of our delay. Aye, sir. Deanna, welcome back. Thank you. I was just reporting in. I didn't expect to find anyone up except Data. Data's away on assignment. A Federation deep space probe went off course and crashed on Barkon 4. Some of the material in the casein was radioactive, so Data was sent to recover it before it could contaminate the biosphere. Isn't Barkon 4 inhabited? Yes, it's a pre-industrial society. Everyone knows about Barkon 4. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Isn't Barkon 4 inhabited? Of course, of course, Deanna. <laughs> um, they call themselves Barkon 4. They didn't decide to call themselves Barkon. Um, Deanna, I guess the argument is she just got back from her reunion. But why, why out of the, uh, why out of the uniform? Uh, I figured. I think she figured it was late, and uh-huh. and only day night was shift. Up. She's like, whatever. Yeah, okay. I don't need to put ain't like uh, these ain't like Jellico gonna be roaming around the bridge at midnight. No, not with four shifts. Just over a hundred kilometers from the nearest settlement, so Data shouldn't have any contact with the Barconians. So, how was the reunion? Fine. It was good to see some old friends. I'd lost touch with most of them. It's interesting to see the different paths some of their lives have taken. Beverly, you don't usually stand to watch on the bridge, even when Data's not here. I volunteered tonight. I like to put in a little bridge time now and then. Stay on top of operations, tactical procedures. Shoot at things for no reason. The truth is, I like it. It's not every doctor who gets to command a starship. Also, you don't know this, but these buttons don't do anything. <laughs> Even if it is the night shift. Look. Presses it. Cut to some Man. lower decks person with the, the gravity cutting out of their... Uh, their uh, A plasma conduit explodes, burns yeah. their face off. That's a good personal question. Hmm? These are, these are great bits. I mean, you don't need the rank in order to be chief medical officer. So why put yourself through all the extra work? Oh, I don't know. I never even thought about my rank for a long time. It seemed pretty trivial compared to being a doctor. But then, about eight years ago, I started to feel like I wanted to stretch myself a little. Commander, 
Cosmo no or uh, Beverly's hair looks fantastic in this episode. Continue sending him <laughs> updates on our schedule. <laughs> Is something wrong? No. I just wanted to let... Uh, also, uh, Deanna's <laughs> hair looks uh, plentiful in this episode. <laughs> Data know there'd be a delay in picking him up for a few days. We have orders to rendezvous with Lexington and take some medical supplies to the Terenko colony. But he's not responding. Jordy said that the radiation from the probe might interfere with communications. It's kind of impressive that they dispense with ever having to check in with him again in those lines of dialogue. Yeah, and uh, effective. And also, it's not like we're asking the question, like, what the hell's the Enterprise doing? Right. As Ron Moore said, uh, he was really happy with the B story being Deanna wanting the promotion because normally the B story in this episode would be Data's lost. We got to find Data. (laughs) That would be the B story? Well, the A story is Data and his experiences. I see. The B story. The B story would be them on the ship trying to find him. Do you know what I mean? Or like them infiltrating the society or something. Gotcha. Them them doing some other version of trying to find yeah the typical star trek plot but this one that very nice i like the fair and you that must be the reason you're so so head over heels over this episode is just like it's all protocol and someone trying to you know i mean i like the test certainly certainly like seeing that side of it i also like the development for deanna's character and i like that uh i mean the data side of it is funny to me like the 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 like dropping him into essentially medieval England and like what they think the elements are. <laughs> right. Like that kind of stuff is very funny. I like the, the, um, the hats. I love the hats. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, <laughs> I like the hats the most. I think the hats are probably the best part of the episode. Um, <laughs> anyway, data appears out of nowhere. Oh, Do you want? What's wrong with you? What's? By the way, I think this is Data's best hair. With you, it really is better hair than his usual hair. Don't mean to. They're they're making him like he just came out of a you know some kind of old old fangled comedy car that just exploded. (laughs) It's like, no, he looks good. My name is Garvin. Really good job by the sound department on his voice here. My name. It's yeah. very eerie. Yeah. Is Garvin. <laughs> I thought I told you to go home. This kid, every time her father I... says anything to her, she acts like he's about to smack her. <laughs> I literally didn't observe that while I was watching it, but when you opened your mouth and were saying words, I was thinking that. <laughs> it's very funny. And it's like every time, even when he says something that appears nice, she's like, I know, I'm sorry. It's just like, ooh, what is going on? Somebody report this guy to child services. You if I, I like to think that she was, uh, it was the mother who was awful to her. Oh, it could have been, yeah. And uh, Did she, Was she responsible for the mother's death? Possibly. That's the C story. My name. It's a very... <laughs> It's dark. It's a dark story. story. <laughs> well, you seem to be understanding a little more. Yes. These people all really do it's look like someone just drew on their heads. That's exactly what happened. Easier. 
Ask him where he's from, Father. Gia, go on to school. I'll deal with the stranger. Yes, Father. <laughs> she said she does it again. Goodbye. Goodbye. Your eyes and your skin look so strange. Rude. Close. <laughs> you look like you've been in some kind of accident. I do not remember being in an accident. What do you remember? You have accident hair. <laughs> your hair is uh, very accident prone, as well as these tears on your shirt. That is what is written on the container. You can read this language? Evidently. Radioactive. What does that mean? I think it I means fun. <laughs> Perhaps it is my name. I never heard a name like that. You must come from a very distant place. Now is that... The Starfleet emblem? No, it's just a piece of metal that happens to almost be shaped like a delta. <laughs> oh, they made it a little bit too <laughs> close. Is that supposed to be a question? Because if you were asking me if I liked what you were playing, then the answer is yes. You know, this is a much better way of communicating for you. It's far less confusing than the way you normally speak. I knew I could count on my Mzadi, the ship's counselor, to boost my self-image. I'm glad to be of service. Did you come here for something in particular, or just general Riker bashing? Actually, I want to... That's our freaks uh, jingle. <laughs> I've been thinking about taking the bridge officer's test and becoming a full commander. I brought this up. A lot of things. Working on the personnel review last month. Talking to Beverly about her. <laughs> that reaction from Franks is like, he's still annoyed by Lavelle. <laughs> like he's out that of focus, guy. but he puts so much into that. I can't really... believe I had to promote it. <laughs> experiences. Going to my class reunion. Uh, my ongoing feud with reunion. Beverly. <laughs> I saw a few old friends who had already taken the test. All right, I admit, it was a catalyst. But I can honestly say that I've been thinking about this off and on for the past two years. Why the past two years? Do you remember when the Enterprise hit that quantum filament and I was in command on the bridge? I do. Well, when that happened, I was overwhelmed. But then when it was over, I realized that a part of me missed it. Not the actual disaster, but the experience of being in command. But Chief O'Brien, mostly. I'm going to go to Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I felt like I was exploring a whole new side of myself. Not that I want to give up counseling by any means, but I really would like to stretch myself a little. Yeah, no. Is it? Uh, maybe yeah. it's, maybe this is unfair to say. Is it fair to say that Ron Moore... Because that, that in and of itself is such a nice detail, that Ron Moore is better and or more interested, or both at like taking details from that we know about the characters 
weaving them in. And so we see the progression. Like, that's a great thing to bring back here and a great thing to motivate the story. Well, as as Ron Moore stated, uh, thanks to Memory Alpha, the story pitch came from Chris Hatton, who had previously provided the spec trip for Gambit Part 1. Uh, Hatton pr- pitched the story as Data as Frankenstein. Uh, Jerry Taylor described it as irresistible. Um, of course, Jerry Taylor. Said, Wasn't Jerry Taylor the Sub Rosa person also? Well, he said, I thought, Ron Moore says, I thought that was a neat idea regarding Troy's promotion. And it was a good move for the character. The whole notion was something I wanted to do ever since I read Jerry Taylor's novelization of Unification, where there's a line about Troy reflecting on her experiences in the episode Disaster, where she got command temporarily. Jerry had a line in there about tasting blood and wanting to again, and that stuck with me. I thought this was an interesting direction to take with Troy. I don't know if we uh, if we've discussed this already. Was Jerry Taylor writing novelizations before she was hired on the show? No, no, oh, that's unfortunate. That would have been a nice story. Um, one last thing before we get too far from it: uh, a nice detail of protocol is that the ensign on the bridge calls Beverly Commander because she's not operating as a doctor. Yeah. I thought that was nice. If you take the bridge officer's test, you'll have my complete support. But as first officer, I'll be the one judging your performance, and you should know I am a pretty tough judge. And I'm a pretty good student. Very cocky. We'll start tomorrow morning. I think a little too cocky. Apparently. Remarkable set of teeth. Breath smells like... Well, it doesn't have any smell, actually. This lady is fantastic. I agree. This, she's perfectly cast. Heartbeat sounds a little odd, but seems very regular. Skin feels clammy. But you say you feel fine? That is correct. No headaches, palpitations, sluggishness, indigestion? No. But I cannot have indigestion since I have not eaten. Ah! Malnutrition. You should try to eat something that will build your strength and return your vitality. Lots of meat, butter, cheese. She that gets it. She knows what's good. <laughs> it's our diet, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the bread and pies. <laughs> Some nourishing pies. They basically made this whole lady's character. Did you ever see... Um, uh, I, we've established I have seen Sleeper. Good too. Oh, Sleeper, no. Basically, Woody Allen gets frozen, goes to the future. The uh, now fallen Woody Allen. Um, but uh, uh, but uh, there's a there's a great running bit of people basically saying things like, "Have a cigar, it's good for you." Jeez, that should be. <laughs> but a this stop. is the reverse, I guess. What about his eyes and his skin? They're so odd. Quite so, quite so. I'm sure my grandmother would have called our friend here a demon or a spirit or some sort of monster. But current scientific methodology allows us to dismiss such ridiculous superstitions and concentrate on scientific reality. Then what do you believe I am? You are an ice man. <laughs> Love ice it. Ice man. Yes, you probably come from a race of people who lived in the snow and the ice of the Valorian Mountains. Your skin and eye coloration are a result of prolonged exposure to harsh winter conditions. Then I am not ill. Well, aside from your memory loss, you do not seem to have any symptoms of any illness that I am familiar with. No. 
You are an ice man. <laughs> now get something to eat. It's really, I would argue, some of the best comedy that has ever even been on Next Generation because it's so organic and straight ahead and it's just like no this is what she believes and she's super cocky and arrogant about it it's really great you're totally right Matt she's kind of like um, kind of like kind of Margaret Dumont in, in the Marx Brothers movies <laughs> she is not exactly she said he's lost his memory but seems to be fine otherwise Talur thinks he's from a race that lives in the mountains I am an Iceman. <laughs> we'll have to call you something besides Iceman until your memory returns. I disagree. That's a pretty cool moniker. It's a fucking what was answer, the word yeah. Didn't Val Kilmer didn't have a problem with it. Radioactive. Right. Mr. Radioactive? I like it. That's like also it. awesome. This guy's really screwing him out of some great monikers. G- oh, boo. <laughs> boo. Get out of here. You don't want me to punish you again, Gia. My right, name was almost Iceman Radioactive. <laughs> now, I'm just Jaden? Bullshit. <laughs> Name me after Will Smith's kid. Is that his name? Jaden Smith is one of Will Smith's children, yes. You, Iceman. Playing. Where'd you find this? I do not know. Uh, sitcom regular Mike Haggerty. Yes, he had a, I had a lot of things. It, like almost everything I saw on his resume was almost made it purposeless to something big. But the yeah. two things that stood out the most were Seinfeld and Crime Story. There you go. Told you he's lost his. I believe he also was plumber on Friends. If I remember correctly. Yes, he was a recurring plumber on Friends. We're calling him Jaden for now. Jaden, huh? Not Bell nice man. Slightly warm. Jaden, that's a down. dumb name. <laughs> Look at the other guy's hat. <laughs> the other guy got really screwed on his hat. <laughs> this wasn't made in any forge that I've ever seen. Will you sell them? You want them? The metal is malleable enough to make some jewelry. They belong to Jade. Do you want to sell them? You're going to need money. You may be right. Wow. Really? But I do not wish to sell all the fragments. I'm not going to support you. Clue to my identity. I'll give you 20 Doricks for half the lot. 20 Doricks? I mean, in fairness, this blacksmith here, he sees the, he sees the anvil vibrating and moving yeah. as he's hitting right. it with a tiny hammer. He should yeah. probably stop. I mean, also, the whole thing should be metal. Well, why is the bottom wood? <laughs> Don't struggle. It belongs. Data picking it up. Everyone's reaction. It's great. Yeah. It's interesting they're not afraid of him there. I guess that's just not where they needed the plot I to go. I think they're just stunned by his feat of strength. Right. And somebody out there is thinking about how to profit from it. Garvin. No. Just unexpected. We should draw one of these spider things on your head. <laughs> your people probably all have great strength. It would allow them to fight off the ferocious creatures that live in the Valorian Mountains. Love it. So great. You told me that no one from the village has ever been to the Valorian Mountains. How can you be certain there are ferocious creatures there? 
It's a well-known fact. But no one has actually seen one. Well, not to my knowledge, but... Father, are you Ignorant right? people who are cocky about their uh, their intellectual ability is always fucking amazing. That's why I'm funny. <laughs> I liked it. I simply had no appetite. Father's cooking isn't as good as mother's. He tries, though. A shame I had to kill her. <laughs> father's never forgiven me. She died about a year ago. Father said she... She went to a beautiful place. But I sent her to hell. Where everything is peaceful. <laughs> and everyone loves each other. And no one ever gets sick. Do you think there's really a place like that? <laughs> yes. It's the moon. <laughs> yes. Um, here we One go. of the antimatter containment units... The magnetic field is starting to fluctuate. Swish auxiliary control. Worf and Jordy only appear in this episode as holograms, Andy. Oh, wow. See, they did it. Well, I guess they're showing them anyway, so they satisfy the audience. But they, you know, so they might as well have done it for lower decks. They did it here. Auxiliary control is not online. We're starting to lose containment on antimatter storage unit three. All right. Switch the EM power inverter to the lateral. No, wait. Use the neodyne relay. Commander, the neodyne relay isn't holding. Containment failure in 10 seconds. Computer emergency procedure. Eject antimatter storage unit 3. Authorization Troy Omega Omega 31. Unable to comply. All power to ejection systems has been terminated and cannot be restored. Commander, the unit's beginning to. Congratulations. You just destroyed the Enterprise. Rude. <laughs> All right, open her up. I feel bad. You passed everything else. Diplomatic law, first contact procedure, bridge operations. The engineering qualification is one of the toughest parts of the test. So what did I do wrong? I'm afraid I can't tell you that. Why not? What kind of a test is this? It's the kind of a test that you're going to have to take again if you want to be a bridge officer. Only next time, the problem won't be so easy. So I suggest I like you this dynamic. up on your emergency procedures. Well, and I like I that she's being a little bit bratty about it, wrong. like she can't handle it. Yeah, and I like that he's being Riker. Yeah. I don't know. I'm afraid I can't tell you that either. An unbending uh, mean boss. Yeah. <laughs> he can't bend. He can't even add a fucking fourth shift. Rock, fire, sky, <laughs> and water are the basic elements of the universe. They can be found in every object, every animal, you know every person, everything. Ron Moore really tripled down on this lady, and he made the right call. <laughs> There's like no logical reason they should spend this much time in on this, this lady in the episode, other than it's really funny. If we expose the wood to flame, we can encourage the fire within the wood to show itself. We can also see smoke, which is a part of the sky. <laughs> the water in wood is difficult to see. Sometimes the elements are buried deep within the objects, but the four elements are always there. <clears throat> yes, Jaden. I do not believe that's correct. My name is correct. Iceman. <laughs> I'm Iceman Radioactive. Oh. <laughs> I believe you are reasoning by analogy. 
classifying objects and phenomena according to superficial observation rather than empirical evidence. Wood, for example, does not contain fire simply because it is combustible, nor does it contain rock simply because it is heavy. Wood, like any complex organic form, is composed of thousands of different chemical compounds, none of which is fire. That will be enough for now, Jayden. As I told you earlier, our friend Jaden here has lost much of his memory, so I wouldn't put too much faith in any of his ideas. Now that will be all for Red. today. I will see you all tomorrow. <laughs> be sure to practice your spelling and arithmetic tonight. One thing I really... It's very interesting. I don't even know that this is the main theme. I don't think the main theme... What is the main theme of the data plot because i would say he makes this is a fantastic way to get at a point that i have to assume ron moore being the nerd that he is would really feel passionately about which is you know people um forwarding false science in the name of ego um or you know a, a sense of self-security that they know what's going on in the world um, and ignoring, you know, the truth. Um, but I don't even know that that's the main theme of the data plot. But so that's one thing is that that's that's a great theme. And then on top of that, uh, I really like. I think it's very unusual for especially the time that when she sees the 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 people in her village are in danger. And Data seems to have a solution for it. Even when they're all saying, this guy's a monster, she's kind of on his side and softens and says, you know what, maybe I was wrong about these things. Or at least subtextually does. Mm -hmm. She doesn't join in with the pitchfork. No, I mean, she always is... I think the nice thing about her is that she is... She does... Once he presents evidence, right? she's like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. She's a cocky scientist that then turns out to be more of a true scientist than we thought. Mm -hmm. It's a really nice. I mean, so far she seems to be the closest to being a scientist of anyone in the village. So, yeah, she is their best and brightest. <laughs> Are you all right? Oh, here's here's a fun thing. As a writer, this is more. Ron Moore. As a writer, I never figured out what it was about. I didn't know what I was trying to say with the episode. It was probably the most difficult writing experience I've had on the show because I was very frustrated. It was a bad time of the season. I was tired and I was not having fun and I think it showed in the writing. What I enjoyed writing was Data as Mr. Wizard on the planet of people who aren't very smart. That was kind of funny. I got a kick out of Data being the guy in the back of the class raising his hand, inventing quantum mechanics with stones, <laughs> knives, and bear skins. That is fun. Uh, Braga says, It was great to see an episode as fundamental as Data being forced to confront his inner nature. Seeing Data... Uh, the cool factor was also very high. Seeing Data impaled by Metal Rod was great. <laughs> I enjoyed oh, the episode. <laughs> Couple of, a couple of performances of the townsfolk were a little groggy for my taste, but Data is Frankenstein. What a neat idea. I thought all in all it was a very nice job. In fact, I thought it was probably one of the best of the season. 
But I don't know that I agree with him about the, it's him confronting his identity. Well, I think that it. I think it could have been about that, but I think it's just sort of like it's him trying to remember who he was, but it's not him going, "Who am I?" without knowing I'm Data. Well, I think he's. Yeah, no, I know. I, I kind of would have been more effective if it was that. If I had to take a side here, I'm going to say Ron Moore is correct. He also doesn't know what it's about. Yeah. I do not agree with Delors' assessment. Could just take my side, Matt. Although I do have no, gaps I'm in taking Ron Moore's side. <laughs> I don't care if you share a side. I'm taking his. Not an element. <laughs> that is not what you promised me. You're getting old, Garvin. I owe you 15 scoring. for the medal. What a douchebag this scoring is. No more. We agreed on 20. Garvin is correct. You agreed on 20. Stay out of this, Iceman. perfect man. memory. Your memory is not very reliable. Well, at least he called Father, me Iceman. Father, what's wrong? I feel very weak suddenly. At least on a first name basis. You have a fever. We should get him home. What's wrong with him? I suspect he. I don't know. <laughs> I knew, and then his hair came out. Now I don't know. <laughs> like burn marks the fluids of his body have overheated that would explain the fever and the burning skin keep him cool let plenty of fresh air into the house and I want you to give him these herbs that will bring his fluidic temperature down and allow this to pass I understand I also like that her science is like some of his science is like it seems like that might be the right vicinity. It's the wrong conclusions, but magnification. I will come back tomorrow and check on you. Thank you, Garvin. With your permission, I would like to begin my own investigation regarding the cause of your illness. Go ahead, Chia. I would like you to accompany me to the village. I will need some supplies. Even though I'm the strongest and can carry everything. <laughs> Why does he need her? <laughs> Maybe to find out where things are. What are you going to do with all this? I will use these materials to make the laboratory equipment I need to research your father's illness. Do you think you can help him? I do not know. First, I must isolate the cause of the illness. There he is. It's his fault. None of us were sick before he came to the village. True, true. Am I to understand Garvin's illness is spread? That's right. And you're the cause. That's not true. Chia, I think we should leave. That's it. Leave. Get out of here. Go back to where you came from. I mean, just rude, these guys. <laughs> what is that? It is a magnifying device based on your handheld instrument. I have refined the design to increase the magnification level. May I? Of course. How strong is the magnification? Objects appear approximately 500 times their normal size. As you can see, the cellular damage is quite extensive. However, based on interstitial transparency and membrane integrity, I do not believe it is an infection or any other form of communicable disease. I see. At the moment, 
I am looking for a common event. Great performance by her. Experience that Gia Garvin and Scoran may have shared that. I hope her performance wasn't the one that Braga thought was groggy. Relationship to their illness. Who does he think is groggy? They're like all the all the maybe their father, probably Garvin, because he's Garvin groggy. Right. This guy's performance being sick is really groggy. This guy doesn't know how to act. Come on, pep it up. It is reasonable to assume the experience is recent and unusual. Actually, Jaden, encountering you has been the most unusual experience they've all shared recently. I am aware of that. Excuse me. I am also open to the possibility that I may in some way be the causal factor. However, since you have had a great deal of contact with me and you show no signs of the sickness, I tend to discount myself as a likely candidate. Still, it has to be more than just a coincidence that shortly after you arrived, people started to become ill. I agree. I kind of like that conversation. And even though she's being aggro and trying to pin it on him, mm-hmm. he's sort of just like, yeah, if it points to me, it points to me. I tried to give father his broth. But he won't eat. You have a fever. You should be in bed. No, I'm all right. Father needs me. Talur is correct. You should rest. I will attend to your father. Gia, when did you begin wearing that pendant? Two days ago. It's mine. Bought it from Scoron. Why? (laughs) I love, by the way, Scoron. I can make jewelry out of this. And <laughs> what he does is he pokes he pokes a hole in it. <laughs> he slaps and, a chain and it. slaps <laughs> a chain around it. And then I've made jewelry. He's Not the even worst, a nice chain. The worst it's, craftsman. It's like <laughs> one of the metal fragments. This will be a bike chain. I had one problem with the inflection of one of her lines here. I think I know which one it is. The secondary plasma vent has a triple redundant bypass, which means that the primary access junction is routed through. Come in. Would be routed through the port transducer matrix. That was it. That was oh. where I, that was the problem I had. She should have emphasized port. <laughs> that wasn't what I thought it was because be. of the doesn't trans- she the transducer matrix. She knows what she's going for, right? But which transducer matrix? The port transducer matrix. See, gotcha. We'll be routed through Same. the port transducer matrix. Certus wasn't wasn't uh, understanding the meaning of the line you're saying. Well, I'm saying that like you know maybe this is the take they went with. Whatever. I'm sure maybe she said it differently <laughs> in other takes. Um, I was trying. I thought you were. Uh, maybe it's later. It's when she slams her fists on the. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up here. Encouragement. No. I'm actually here to tell you that I've decided to cancel the rest of your test. What? I'm canceling the test. May I ask why? You've taken the engine. Read my mind, empath. <laughs> well, this is the other thing is that I realized earlier. She's like, well, tell me what I did wrong. And he won't tell her. And so it's like, all you got to do is peek inside his brain, big shot. <laughs> peek inside 
sneak inside my brain. <laughs> looky, looky. <laughs> you know closer to passing. Well, then I'll take it four times, or 14 times, or however many times is necessary for me to get it right. Deanna, this is nothing personal. Not everyone is cut out to be a bridge officer. I don't think this is for you. Why? Because I'm not the most technically minded person on the ship? I may have trouble telling the difference between a plasma conduit and a phase inducer. But there's more to being a bridge officer than memorizing technical manuals. That's right, there is. You can spend the next month memorizing all the technical manuals in the computer. I still don't think you'd pass the test. Tell me one thing. Is there a solution? Or is this simply a test of my ability to handle a no-win situation? Well, if it is that, you're failing. Also. (laughs) (laughs) Not doing well on that score, Kirk. Then give me time to find it. I can't. As much as I care about you, my first duty is to the ship. Ha Not the truth. Ah! <laughs> Vindication! <laughs> Seconda! <laughs> really? Totally right. She's really being a baby. <laughs> I wish she. I wish she smashed the thing. Like it would have been amazing. Like Picard smashing the. Uh, the display of ships in first contact. My first duty is to the ship. So was he giving her a trick? Do you think that was intentional? Do I think that it was intentional for him to give away? No, I think that was him literally explaining... We're dear, dear friends, but right. here's the problem. Gotcha. Computer log bridge officer's test. Engineering qualification section one. Computer ready. Run program. The control system for the primary containment field is not functioning. Something severed the ODN conduit between here and the antimatter storage deck. Jordy? Could you repair the ODN conduit if you went into the crawl space? Sir, that crawlway is in a warp plasma shaft. He would never survive the radiation. I know that. Jordy, could you repair the conduit? Yeah, I think I could. Then do it. Holodeck's doing a real good job of its performances. I mean, I feel like the holodeck knows Jordy very well. Yeah. I guess better than anybody on board, probably. Yeah. Sex By the with way, him. I love that fake Jordy is like, yeah, I can do that. Right. I like, guess I'll later. go die now. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I can do it, but also Barkley. <laughs> Someone could do it. And simulation. Something told me you wouldn't let this go. Congratulations. You passed. That's what this was all about, wasn't it? To see if I'd order someone to their death. That's right. I knew that was part of being in command, and I thought I'd prepared for it. But when the moment came, I hesitated. Maybe you were right. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. You did exactly what you had to do. You considered all your options. 
You tried every alternative and then you made the hard choice. Come on. Let's get out of here, Commander. Here's the thing, though. I know. She would call her Commander anyway. She's Lieutenant Commander. (laughs) Um, When Wesley did the Starfleet Academy test, he thought it was real. Deanna, Deanna knows that this is these are hollow people. So is it a real test of her command ability? She's not sacrificing a real person. She's sacrificing a fake person. But that's the that that is that is the test, though. I know, but it's a kind of a, if that's what you're putting all your chips on, that seems like that's a bullshit Could test. Could you imagine how real. annoying it would be to have to like every time someone was going to get promoted for bridge <laughs> officer, a real person? No, no, like we had to oh. like we had to do the ruse of do this the is, game. This is real. Well, that's that's what they do at Starfleet Academy. <laughs> it's much Leslie. easier to do it with four cadets. I see. Um, I have covered yeah. this piece. I mean, I guess you could argue. Well, she. The main thing is she wasn't even thinking about it. Her Correct. brain wasn't even. Yeah. But I still. I still think it's a questionable. She was like, conclusion. "That's an unfathomable choice. I can't right. do that. That would not. That's not but the solution. But that is. But it's still. And now she knows it, that's the solution. So it is definitely closer. But it's still like that doesn't prove that she would be willing to sacrifice Jordy for the ship. I think. I think she would. Go to the many. Because she hates Jordy. Well. Probably energy source where is this pattern of light coming from i believe a stream of particles is emanating from the metallic pendant and hitting the cloth we should get high and stare at this (laughs) (laughs) you will see there i've packed your grandmother's herbs into this bowl (laughs) this container was constructed of a material which absorbs or blocks the particles coming from the metal it's a trick. No. It is empirical data. What if he was like, data, data. And then <laughs> I thought that was where right they were going to be going. To him. Oh, my God. Oh, and then go into so... his head and you see a bunch of flashbacks. That would be almost, all seven seasons. That would be almost <laughs> as bad as someone saying, my first duty is to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> and then leaving a scene. I believe the fragments were originally placed in this container to protect people from accidental exposure. The word radioactive may be a warning about the dangerous as well nature of the as metal. a dope ass last name. <laughs> All right. Let's say for the moment that you are right. That there nice man, are radioactive. particles coming from the metal. What should we do? I will continue my experiment. <laughs> what should we do? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I would like you to gather all of the pieces of metal in the village and place them in this container. All right. But when I return, I want a more thorough explanation of all this. And I want to examine your data in detail. Of course. Data. 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 <laughs> Wait a minute. I feel like he should have gone even further with the Mr. Wizard thing and have him make, like, you know, Leonardo da Vinci flying machines and all sorts of crap. I mean, it's only one episode, Andy can't have data on this planet for an yeah, entire you could have season. had people just come in and he already built it. Hang on. Iceman's very angry. Oh, no, wait. The guy calling him. You Iceman. were referring to the illness. You were partially... I mean, what do you think of the other blacksmith whose fucking foot was saved by data? Just taking a pickaxe to his face. The yeah. metal fragment which you... 
It's also like, how is Data not blocking himself from the other guy? As usual. I like that he justified it by that the other guy he was he was focusing on the other guy, but even so, there's no one who could ever defeat Data based on what we know about him. I like how this guy now is so willing to just give all his Some metal kind of to creature. that lady. It's not true, Father. We must find him and stop him before he kills us all. It is funny because the the outfit seemed very goofy to me, and now that I know that they were, it's like, oh, of course they're doing Frankenstein. They're silly German, uh, old Fengel German outfits. Let him rest for now. You should rest as well. Exerting yourself will only make you sicker. This lady even has kind of a bride of Frankenstein here. I'll be back. Mm. Maybe if she, if Jaden had stayed alive, they would have gotten together. Oh, maybe. Can't wait for their Wolfman episode. <laughs> Creature. I do not know what I am, but I am not like you. I know. Prove it. I'm going to throw you, you in a pond. It's why I'm whispering about that. like this. <laughs> I am not. Jaden, why are you wearing that hood? I do not wish to fright you. All cultures are afraid of hooded I people. I won't be afraid. <laughs> Take it off. Please, I have to see. Lights. I understand your reaction. Each of these is a bulb that Noonie and Sung placed in my head. (laughs) You or Garvin or anyone else. I only wish to help. To find a cure for the illness. I was very close. I must continue my work, but it will take time. How long until Skoran and the others return? I don't know. They're looking for you now. Then I must hurry. Even that little girl that's playing that sick, groggy person is acting groggy. (laughs) Come on! More energy! (laughs) Jazz it up! Really show how much the radiation is affecting you. Gia. But I do not think they will trust me after what happened to Skoran. I, I, I could tell them. I am afraid they will not believe you either. Gia, is the well in the town square the only source of water for the village? Well... This is very important. Are there any them all. other sources Stop of fresh water? Stop being so groggy. Talk to me. <laughs> well, the, the nearest river. I guess it's possible that he was just saying. Two days away. That by necessity of the plot, everybody was the well water. Eh, I don't believe it. <laughs> but it should still have enough potency to work. Berman, Berman, Braga, Braga. I mean, Data having a lantern is a little silly. <laughs> it is. However, I will say, with the benefit of hindsight that this was a Frankenstein episode, 
uh, if you compare it to Sub Barossa and that they were like, we're going to do a gothic romance and every beat is going to be exactly gothic romance no matter how insane it looks in the Star Trek universe. In this one at least is like, oh, this is plausible within the within yeah, the parameters that they've set up. The pre-industrial society of it all. Right. I have to take my hood off to pour this water in. See? It's just as I said. I don't know why they all drank the water after he poured this that thing in. They thought he was a monster. By bringing this plague? Probably because Garen was, Garvin was probably like, uh, hey guys, what's going on? I'm better now. I drank the oh, thing right. that, oh no, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Tried to kill us all. But you won't succeed. I won't let you. Data easily could have defended himself from and poured the water in. Nonetheless, as has been said, pretty cool. Would that have knocked him out that way, though? I mean, it seemed to short something out, and he was already shorted out. I guess he was already pretty messed up. You've killed our best scientist. Now I am the best scientist again. <laughs> Huzzah! Hip, hip! <laughs> I like that she looks sad. I Now, the other thing that I liked about this, the, what they do here at the end is like, we get a very, when, when we see Crusher and Riker here, it's like, this is very clearly what the B story would have been in a normal episode. <laughs> That's super true. And that they don't even have to, they don't even take a beat for them to go, well, we got to find him. They just yeah. are there. Excuse me. We're looking for a friend of ours. He might have wandered into your Cosmo, now she's ago. got even You'd better renaissance hair. <laughs> Pale skin, gold eyes. He was your friend? Yes, do you know him? Where is he? We melted him down and made that sign. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. We didn't know his real name. So we called him Jaden. You're saying he's oh, dead? kind of a lame name. They killed him because they were afraid of him. But he saved us all from the sickness. The sickness? There were these pieces of metal... They made everyone sick. But Jaden put something in the water. And now everyone's better. What happened to these pieces of metal? We buried them in the forest. What was his real name? Iceman Radioactive. Data. <laughs> Data. That's dumb. Who's my friend? <laughs> I think the villagers were like, holy shit, this guy's heavy when they were burying him. <laughs> oh, that's a really good point. Maybe that's why they had to bury him by the fountain. Yeah. Nobody can move He's him. He's buried about two meters down. He's been deactivated, so I can't tell how bad the damage is. We could beam him and the probe fragments right onto the ship. I would have known. Oh, 
Positronic net online, subprocessor relays in place, and neuroelectrical systems enabled. I'll be in my trailer after this line. <laughs> Data, are you all right? I do not know. I am surprised to find myself here. I thought I was on Barkon 4. What's the last thing you remember? Going to Tahiti. I have located the crashed Federation probe and collected the radioactive fragments. I was attempting to download the sensor logs from the probe's onboard computer. There was a power surge. I believe the surge overloaded my positronic matrix. It's interesting they make the choice After for him that, to not remember. Why do you suppose that is? I have no memory until this moment. Uh, I don't know, but I also don't mind it. it I mean, I always I dislike stories where it's like it never happened for certain people. But, but it did uh, happen. Not for our main character, though. Well, it happened. You know, Riker was there. Crusher was there. That, I guess. That, but his experiences didn't happen. Well. I, I guess I just don't know why. Then he'd have to wrestle more like a monster, with but. upsetting the Prime Directive by uh, accelerating their science <laughs> by a hundred years. <laughs> well, they already knew what happened. It appears I had an interesting time. We don't know much about what happened either. Apparently. You saved an entire village from radiation poisoning. You were a very special friend to a little girl. And you got a new haircut. <laughs> well, if you'll excuse me, um, I have the bridge this watch. Counselor, have you been promoted in my absence? That's right. Which means from now on, you can call me sir. Well, gonna go to the bridge, see if I can sacrifice a person for the ship. <laughs> and there's the episode. We did it. Congratulations, episode. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Huzzah, you've done an episode. Uh, you have been I'm seen. I'm my own self. <laughs> you've been seen by us. I'm seven episode sixteen years old. Yes, congrats, congrats. <laughs> now we must award an NPC. <laughs> well, it's the NPC, yeah, the NPC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data? Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher, if you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. Uh, I mean, Data saves the village. Data saves the village. Although Data did put the village in danger also. Data brought the poison. But saved them from the poison. Saved them from the poison. Caused his own problem, but solved it. You could it. say Riker, because he... I mean, I assume that Beverly would have come upon it, but thought, oh, we can just beam up, uh, you know, Data in the, in the metal. And also, he, was, he participated in finding Data. However, Beverly also participated in finding Data. And she did a, a very effective job of uh, taking the night shift.
I feel like Deanna, Deanna's plot is inconsequential to anyone's well-being except her own. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's like whoever her classmate was that was already a commander, they they probably deserve the FEC. <laughs> um, making her a commander. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I mean, data causes his own problem. Mm. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Data it is for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would agree. It's not Captain Picard. No. What's the last thing you remember? That's his line. <laughs> That's it. Well, if he if he hadn't asked that, then uh... then we wouldn't know that he didn't remember. <laughs> he didn't remember. <laughs> uh, all right. How many Andy does this episode get? You go first. Sure. Uh, I like this episode a lot. I like the A story. I like the B story. I think that the teacher slash scientist of the town in the village is the delightful uh, in her confident obtuseness. Um, and I love the Troy arc. I love Troy getting promoted to commander. Uh, I also like the, I like, I like a on-screen promotion. It happens so rarely in Star Trek, you know? It's true. Um, and I love all that protocol stuff. So I'm going to have to go ahead and give this episode a solid nine. Nine? Whoa. That yeah. is that is higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I really like it. The only thing I don't... it's I think it, what you said is very fair about like what is it actually about. Yeah. It's really just Frankenstein data. And I'm like, okay <laughs> with that. And uh, the memory loss of data... You know, didn't bother me until you said something. So, thank you. You know, it's sort of interesting that it's um, that you've brought me up in my sort of evaluation because of the uh, the. You're totally right about the the dumb doctor. It's just a fantastic plot, played out well, acted well, written well. Um, I like the uh, I like the the Deanna plot too, and I and I like sort of getting into the nitty gritty of you know what it takes to get promoted and and her investment in it, um, and the the main plot is the Data Frankenstein plot, and it's interesting looking at it because I did not know about the Frankenstein aspect, and in lieu of that, it does it is lacking for me. I was kind of like this is kind of boring, and they're not really going far enough with it. He's not going cool enough stuff. I just you know, I sort of hope he figures it out for the village, but I don't really care about any of this. And uh, and as a result, there was a lot of that episode was sort of boring for me. So I give it a six point five. Hmm. Okay. And I wonder if it is because there is no theme there. Interesting. Interesting. Who knows? You're always out Usually, for a, you're yeah. out for a theme. Well, it is interesting. It's an interesting question of how entertaining can something be without a theme. And at some level, are you subconsciously... I mean, just go watch Ghostbusters again. The answer is incredibly. There's no theme Do you think Ghostbusters that. have no theme? I think they have, those characters have no arc whatsoever. and it's Arc is different than theme. The whole, the whole episode, the whole movie could have a theme, but... I mean, you know, what do you think the theme is? Um, ghosts are real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, all right, never mind. 
Uh, I don't know. I guess there's something about. I guess, in fairness, I think I saw someone pointing out recently that the villain in that movie is the person trying to protect the environment. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's. I think it's sort of probably similar to this. It's a general thing of like you know the powers that be, sort of ignoring something, ignoring logic and science based on, um, based on their own preconceptions. But who knows? Well, we're up for an episode that is something else. Here we go. This is this trailer for masks. This is another notorious one. A strange ancient civilization. It is over 87 million years old. Takes possession of data. What does it feel like when a person is losing his mind? Now he's become a terrifying force. She's going to hurt us all. That's planning a complete takeover of the Enterprise. I'm not going to permit this ship to be turned into an alien city. And Picard knows only one way to stop him. Death. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Crazy town. Kind of looks cool. This is a bad one. I I think it's terrible. Oh, I mean that, maybe, that alien city aspect seems amazing, but who knows? We'll I'm excited. I'm excited to find out how you feel about it next week, Andy. Yeah, that's right. Next week we'll be back with more TNG. What a world we're living in right now. We don't know if we will. We will. We I we'll deign see. it. I deign it to happen. All right we're gonna do you know we'll just record three a week forever until we're dead <laughs> huzzah uh. engage